And welcome back to Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas. Worldwide's Tom Barfield along with you. E.P. Garth is producing here on a Monday. Going through a week of the All-Star Game as the Home Run Derby coming up tonight. Joining us now, though, let's talk a little NBA. Jeffrey Cooperstein, <laughs> SB Nation, and Moneyball Mavs along with us. Hey, Jeffrey, how are you today? Hey, guys, how's it going? Glad to be with you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, the NBA Finals, first off, I want to ask you, is it more exciting or less exciting without the usual cast of characters in the NBA Finals? We've got two new teams with the Suns and the Bucks. I think it's just as exciting. I mean, seeing Giannis get to his first Finals is fantastic. He's one of the very best this league has to offer. And seeing Chris Paul get to his first Finals after all he's been through in his career with his injuries in the playoffs and his ups and downs in his 15-year career. Uh, I think it's fantastic. I know some some people want to see your usual suspects like the Lakers, but uh, no, I, I'm perfectly content with this finals right now. I agree with you 100%. And let's talk about the Suns first with Chris Paul and what he's been able to do with this young team. He's kind of taken them under his wing and really – almost looks like an old-fashioned point guard. The way he's able to shoot and also distribute the basketball, it's a little bit of a lost art from that point guard position, but he's playing it outstandingly through the playoffs. Oh, he, He's incredible. For me, he's, he's the best point guard of his generation. He's been doing this for 15 years. People just really haven't noticed because he hasn't made it deep in the playoffs until this year with either the Hornets or the Clippers. He had the great chance with the Rockets. And then he got injured. They would have beat the Warriors if he was healthy, but uh, unfortunately had that ankle injury and the Warriors came back and beat them. But no, I mean, he did this last season in Oklahoma City as well. They were projected to be one of the worst teams in the league, and he led them to a playoff berth. I mean, he is, he is one of the best veterans in the league. He makes people better around him. Uh, he reads the game perfectly. He's, he's, he's a flawless point guard, really. He knows every situation and knows how to read a defense and can and can beat anybody in the league. He's really unguardable right now, and it's crazy for a guy who's 35. Jeffrey, obviously uh, the Bucks run a must-win situation. They could not afford to go down three to nothing. It's a two-one series with uh, with uh, Game Four coming up Wednesday night, and I kind of feel like it's a must-win again. I just can't see them going down three to one and, and having a, a realistic chance to win the series. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, before the series started, I predicted Suns in five, uh, and I think it's still going to be that. I, I think the Suns are going to take care of business here on Wednesday night, and they'll close it out at home on Saturday. Uh, I mean, you know, credit, credit to Milwaukee for how good they've played uh, up to this point, but I, I think the Suns are better in basically every aspect of the game. Uh, now, the, the Bucks did give them a run for their money last night. Obviously, Giannis was amazingly effective, and their role players stepped up, but uh, I, I think the series Saturday night, guys. How did they do that last night, being able to win 120 to 100? I know the defense played outstandingly for the Bucks last night, but just being able to generate that, was that lifting off maybe that arena a little bit, you think, last night as well? Yeah, absolutely. The home court helps, and, I mean, it, look, it also helps when Giannis scores. But he had 14 made field goals within five feet of the basket, and I believe that's an NBA Finals record. Uh, and the Suns, as a team, had 13 field goals within five feet of the basket, so – uh, Giannis getting to the paint at will is, is something that the Bucks have, have made their money off of for the last three or four years, becoming one of the NBA's elite teams. Uh, but, and the Suns really weren't too keen on trying to play help defense on them. They were willing to live with, live with that one-on-one -on -one defense and kind of trying to pack the paint, and it didn't work. So I think Monty Williams has, has a decision to make. Is, is he going to adjust, and is he going to bring another defender at Giannis and force, force somebody else to make, like P.J. Tucker, Chris Middleton, 
uh, Brooke Lopez to make a shot out on the perimeter. Isn't that how they do that, though? I mean, they've got to take him out of the game starting on uh, Wednesday night because if they take him out and you just say, okay, I'm going to make you beat me with somebody else, that completely destroys what they want to do offensively, doesn't it? Yeah, that's a, that's a big part of what they want to do. But the thing is is that Giannis is a really good playmaker, and he can make plays from the post or at the top of the key as well. So it, it, it's easier said than done taking him out of the game. But if, if I'm Monty Williams and, and the Phoenix coaching staff, that's absolutely where I go. And, I, look, Chris Middleton's had a great playoff so far. He's having the year of his life as well. But uh, if, if I'm Phoenix, I, I'm trying to take Giannis and limit him as much as I can. Talking with Jeffrey Cooperstein from SB Nation and Mavs Moneyball. Jeffrey, I'm going to take you a different direction. Let's uh, let's talk about the Olympics and just how shocked were you when you saw the score of the uh, USA and, and Nigeria? Surprisingly, not very shocked. I mean, these guys have been playing so much basketball for the last year. Uh, they're entitled for a letdown or two. And look, it's an ex- it's the first time these this group of guys have played with each other. Uh, it, they've been resting all offseason, basically, and these guys, this is an exhibition game against the Nigeria team, who, who does have quite a few NBA players, and they're actually going to add three more uh, guys who are playing in the finals right now. So, I mean, the Nigeria team, they're, they're very respectable. Obviously, the USA team should beat them, but uh, I, I'm not surprised at all that they lost. Uh, it, it is an exhibition game, though, and I think the USA will, will get their stuff together, and I think they'll still be able to, at minimum, medal and probably still win the gold. But uh, I, I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't say I was very surprised, as, like most people were. That puts their record at fifty-four and three at exhibition games. <laughs> yeah, not, not too bad. Jeffrey Cooperstein, SB Nation and Mavs Moneyball with us here on ESPN Central Texas. And, Jeffrey, I can't let you go without asking the Mavs question. So much turnover in the front office and turnover with the coaching staff for the Mavs. Where are the Mavs right now mentally? Dirk coming back and going into that front office position. Do they have things lined up that they want right now, or they still have a few more moves they need to make? Yeah, guys, I mean, it's it was a pretty crazy couple of weeks here, uh, here in Dallas, and uh, the hiring of Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison as your new front office uh, collaborative, so to speak. Uh, there, there's a lot of questions right now. There's way more questions than answers here in Dallas, and we don't know what direction they're going to go in. They're going to try to play in free agency at some point, whether that's going after a guy at the top of the market like DeMar DeRozan or going after a, a Grizzly veteran like Mike Connolly or Kyle Lowry. I, I really don't have an answer as to where they're going to go. Uh, they don't have a draft pick as it stands here in the 2021 draft. It, there's a possibility they could trade into that as well. And there's a big looming question on what's going to happen with Chris Porzingis. Are they going to sh- shop him around in the market? Uh, or will he start the uh, start the season in a Mavericks uniform, which I think he will. Uh, but they, they have quite a few questions coming up. But uh, the most important thing is that they do have the biggest question answered, and that's finding the star player. Obviously, Luke is going to sign the Supermax, whether everyone thinks that he won't or not, he's going to sign it. It's five years and $201 million, so he'll get that out of the way. And then it's, it's crunch time for the Mavericks, and every second counts to building that championship-caliber team because Luka is not Dirk Nowitzki. He will not stay for 20 seasons if the Mavericks don't put a team around him that can contend and contend quickly. That was my next question. How long is Luka hanging around in a Mavs uniform if they don't show them that they're willing to go out and get him some star power to play alongside him? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to sign the Supermax, and it's, it's going to be a four-year deal with a, with a player option for a fifth, uh, $201 million. So he's going to sign that, and then the clock really starts ticking. I mean, 
I would say the Mavericks probably have about three seasons to put a true, true contender around them. Uh, or otherwise, Luca will be looking elsewhere in free agency. And, uh, you know, I mean, the Mavericks have shown the propensity to be able to, to get that player through trade, but they haven't done it through free agency as long as, as, long as Mark Cuban has been there. Maybe the new regime uh, with Nico Harrison there at, G, at GM can, uh, can lure some free agents to Dallas, but a lot remains to be seen right now. Yeah, Jeffrey, the, they haven't been a player in, in free agency in the past with Cuban. He's just never been able to land that big free agent player in the offseason. Why is that, and do you think that that does change now? Uh, I, I wish I knew why the answer was. Otherwise, <laughs> I, would, I would be in the front office trying to help him out. But uh, no, I mean, I, I don't. Th- you know what? I really don't think it's going to change this year because I don't think the uh, I don't think the player for the Mavericks is there at the top of free agency. You're looking at Demar Derozan and Kawhi Leonard. I mean, those are two great players, but I, I don't see Demar coming to the Mavericks, and and obviously Kawhi uh, is pretty happy there in L.A. He might opt out, but I, I think he'll end up signing. Uh, a big deal to stay there. So I don't I don't think the Mavericks are going to play big at the top of the free agent market this year, and they're going to look more at the Tier 2, Tier 3 guys that they can sign uh, and try to fill their cap space that way. I, I think they would like to re-sign Tim Hardaway Jr., but he's going to have multiple suitors uh, in free agency. So it, it, a lot is really up in the air, and I think it all really depends on the next few weeks, and, and we'll see on August 2nd what happens. Jeffrey Cooperstein with us here on ESPN Central Texas, host of Mavs Moneyball and SB Nation. And what have you got coming out on SB Nation? Folks, keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, just got a, got a couple blogs and podcasts, so just look for it there on MavsMoneyball.com. All right, Jeffrey, appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day. Appreciate you hopping on with us. All right, guys, thank you. Talk to you soon. That is uh, Jeffrey Cooperstein with SB Nation and Mavs Moneyball. That is good stuff. Get us up to date on the Mavericks and what's going on in the NBA. All right, it's uh, 531. This is game time here.